All right, and here we are. Welcome to the Going Places Podcast, episode 41. Camden Clark Hill. Daniel Price. And uh, episode 41, as you have heard, uh, we do have our t-shirts available on our Instagram page. Uh, YouTube channel is up now, so I do want to encourage you to check that out. But uh, we're glad to be here with you today. Uh, we do have a special guest with us today. Uh, he's been in ministry as a pastor, you know, youth pastor, speaking at uh, different events. He uh, recently uh, started a community church in Gaffney, South Carolina, uh, planning that church, and we're going to talk with him today. A uh, good godly guy, and we're glad to have him on Holden Pool. Thank you for being with us. Glad to be here, guys. I'm I'm blown away by, you know, kind of y'all's little podcast thing you got going on here. This is pretty neat, man. High tech. So, yes, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so um, if you wouldn't mind just... I'm sure you can uh, describe yourself better than I could, but uh, introduce yourself, yeah. what you do, background. Yeah, like so, uh, you know, like like Cameron said, my name's Holden Poole. Um, I'm originally uh, from Gaffney, so I grew up in Gaffney my whole life and born and raised there. Um, obviously, too, right here beside Blacksburg, so, you know, just kind of connected to the community well. Um you know, grew up in, in church my whole life, enjoyed going to church. You know, learning more about Jesus. Uh, obviously, I was wired like any typical teenager. You're you're busy all the time, running around all the time. So, you know, more time doing a lot of activities and sports, and really trying to grow. You know, in a in a deeper relationship with Jesus. But had a really good family growing up, and uh, just really involved in church. Going off to school, leaving high school, going to college was a a, a rude awakening for myself. I'll be honest with you, because uh, with all that freedom came a lot of bad choices and so for me that just kind of started a spiral for the next several years of my life um, living very rebelliously and sinfully knowing what God had called me to to do and and the way he called me to live as a believer in Christ I kind of went went on my own way in my own direction and I'm just grateful for his grace and his mercy and just you know staying on me because it got to a point of just brokenness and just uh, uh, facing the consequences of my sin and just come to the point of just surrender, you know, I mean, I think a lot of times today, you know, everybody wants Jesus to be their savior, but it's, it's another thing when you really say, all right, Lord, save me. And I want to surrender to you. And I really want to walk with you and follow you. And so kind of started that, uh, that started, uh, January 1st, uh, 2012. And here we are, what, 10 years later. And so fly through time, you know, just, through starting a, an outdoor ministry called Rock Solid Outdoors and doing that, I can remember, man, it's been a while walking walking in here at Buffalo Baptist Church and getting to share, you know, kind of what God had done in my life then with a bunch of students on a Wednesday night to being here with you guys today, uh, you know, working in a textile mill for five years as a supervisor and then coming from that to full-time student ministry, like you said. So I was a student pastor for two years at North Point Church in Gaffney, South Carolina, yeah, I was there for two years, and uh, it was amazing. It was great. Everything was going as, as as great as I could have imagined. I was getting to be a chaplain for the Gaffney High School football team and just letting the Lord use me as much as possible. But then the Lord called me and my family to move to Easley, South Carolina. And so that was the hardest thing probably we had ever had to do. You know I mean? It was a great opportunity, but it was going to be a challenge leaving home. So we left, and... We moved easily, two years student pastor there, learned a lot, saw a lot, grew a lot, and Lord began to work on our hearts to move back to Gaffney, South Carolina, and plant a church. And so, you know, that's that's something that I question, 
because, you know, especially where we live at, there's churches on every corner. I mean, you know, you see churches everywhere. So it's kind of like, God, why do we need another church? You know, and I think really for me, it was a a question of fear and hesitancy because I knew the work that was going to be involved in doing that. And, you know, as I prayed, as I sought the Lord and several, several months and just me and my wife really praying and seeking the Lord together, really understanding and realizing this was the journey put before us. And so we we didn't really have a big long-term plan and, and, you know, we didn't really have, you know, it all figured out. We just kind of jumped in the water. And so uh, 42 weeks ago, uh, we, we planted Rock Solid Community Church. And so... It's just been crazy, man. I came back to plant a church, and I'm also a area rep for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So that's where my income comes from. I really, um, I tell people, you know, and and, and I could. Uh, I got leaders in my church that you know insist upon it, but where I'm at right now, I don't even take a salary for our church. I don't take a salary for pastor. My salary comes from FCA. So. That's where I get my my salary, and I, I get to do ministry in Blacksburg, Gaffney, and Limestone uh, with the athletes and coaches, and it's just an awesome. To me, it kind of marries well together because you know you're ministering to coaches and athletes that need Jesus and need to experience the light and the love of Jesus, and then also being a pastor at a church, it gives them a outlet to get plugged into to to grow in Christ. So that's kind of a a little longer version of where I'm at today, but you know, my family is everything to me. Uh, obviously Jesus Christ is number one, but my family is everything to me. I'm 34 years old and, uh, this month coming up May, me and my wife will celebrate nine years of marriage. So we've been married nine years and we've got three beautiful kids. I got a, uh, a six year, well, soon to be six year old. Her name's Penelope. And then I got a soon to be four year old. His name's Drake. And then I got soon to year, soon to be two year old. His name's Houston. And so, uh, yeah, man, God has blessed us tremendously. So, yeah. It seems like it. It's just blessed would be the walk on that. Yeah. Yeah. Crash course. So, what exactly, because you know, you do think, okay. I bet, you know, when you felt like God was calling you to plant a church, you were thinking, yeah, of course, you know, those churches everywhere, or what, do we really need another church? Yeah. But when you do, you know, commit to that, what exactly is the process of doing that? Because, you know, I mean, you know, you hear people going overseas or going to somewhere else to plant a church, yeah. but when you're planting a church pretty much in your hometown, what is the process of that? And what is like, what does that look like? Yeah, so for me, I, you know, I, I brought my Bible just to kind of think. Number one, I'll, I'll share this with you. There's a verse that comes to mind in Colossians. And as I was praying through and just asking God, um, you know, to really just lead me and guide me and, and, and even more than that, strengthen me, uh, I kind of felt like the Holy Spirit had put on my heart. You know, when we moved to Easley, that was the hardest thing we'd ever really went through as a family. Not that it was like torture or anything. It was great, you know, it was a great opportunity to experience it. But just, you know, leaving what you were so familiar with and going to something unfamiliar, it, it can be hard at times. You know, we're we're creatures of comfort, right? Like we like comfort, we like contentment. And so stepping out of that comfort zone was going to be big. So as I was really praying and seeking the Lord morning after morning about planting this church, I felt like the Holy Spirit put on my heart, you know, like this, this, this word of you thought coming to Easley was the hardest thing you've ever done. Planting a church is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. And, you know, the reason I say that, not that I'm blessed. I mean, God's blessed us. I mean, you know, there's ups and downs. But when you read the scriptures, you see 
like Paul. I mean, you see how he labored for the church. You know what I'm saying? Like he planted churches in different cities and different towns and he labored for it. And there was this scripture that stood out to me in Colossians. It's Colossians 1 uh, verse 29. And it's talking about Paul working for the church. And he gets to verse 29 and he says this, that's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. The ESV version actually says, depending on uh, Christ's energy that works within me. And so for me, that really spoke to me because, you know, in doing this and, and embarking on this this path and this process, I knew that as hard as it was going to be, that it, it's Christ who's working within me that's really the catalyst for it all. You know, the labor that I put in and the energy I put in, even when it's hard and it's strenuous, you know, it's Christ that's working within me. So, you know, coming back to Gaffney, I knew being back in Gaffney, there's a lot of great churches. Um, there's a lot of great pastors, a lot of who have been mentors to me, who have given me opportunity to speak or testify or, you know, be able to just minister and do things. And so coming back, it wasn't so much like coming in and starting something new and it, and it be about that. Cause it's not, I tell people all the time, it's definitely not about me. Um, you know, God can use anybody he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants. And he doesn't need me to do what he wants to do. So uh, for me, it was more or less of like unity, you know what I'm saying? Like unification. And yeah. so not just me coming in and planting a church, but me coming in and, and planting a church and partnering, partnering with other churches, like being unified as the body of Christ. Like you, you know, when you're talking about starting a church, like I thought to myself, and this is a familiar passage of scripture in Acts, but I just think about the first church we see in scripture, Acts chapter two, you know, the believers form a community and you read these scriptures in verses 42 through 47, where it says, you know, when they got the Holy Spirit and then all of a sudden, you know, it begins working and they begin gathering together. It says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And then it says in verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. And you can keep on reading that all the way to verse 47, but I mean, it's basically just saying, you know, they worshiped together at the temple each day, but they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people in the last part. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So for me, it was like coming from North Point to Five Point. And like I went from North Point, a church that had, you know, we have 185, 195 people from week to week to Five Point having 3,000 people. So you're getting one end of the spectrum to the other and you're seeing the goods and the bads. You know, there, there's flaws in me. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be things that someone might say, well, I think they should do this better. Or I think, it, But I got to see two ends of the spectrum. For me, one of the greatest words that Lord put on my heart as far as starting a church is keep it simple, but keep it biblical. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's huge. Like, let's keep it simple. Let's keep it biblical. Let's not try to take structures and systems that aren't really needed, uh, that, that overcomplicate it. Like, let's just stick to the word and let's really make that, that our focal point. So that's kind of been something for me with starting Rock Salt Community Church has been important. So That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, that, that does, it definitely takes a lot of faith though. Mm. And I know that, but yeah. So what, what is going to be kind of, so where, where's kind of the church at right now in kind of the process? Of, yeah. 
Yeah, so um, when we first came back, we, we moved back and uh, I didn't really know where to start. You know, you kind of, you know, I'll be honest, um, you know, a lot of times where, where you see church plants and, you know, even in scripture, you have someone that sends them, you know, like a sending church almost. And, uh, you know, for, for right or wrong, anytime you leave somewhere, there's going to be some hurt. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I love Five Point Church, and they, they did so much for me in my growth and everything. But, um, you know, with me leaving, uh, you know, coming back to Gaffney, uh, they kind of supported me from a distance, but there wasn't like a hands-on kind of thing to where it's like, okay, we'll support you and grow in you. But luckily for me, too, uh, there's churches in Cherokee County that knew me and supported me, you know, so we actually started meeting as a church at First Baptist uh, downtown in Gaffney, First Baptist, and so they, they let us use their, they call it the bank building, they built, they bought the bank building that's right beside their church, and so they let us use that to kind of start meeting on Sunday evenings, so we were meeting on Sunday evenings, and uh, as we met on Sunday evenings, I just kind of invited I didn't put it out there like social media or anything like that. I just kind of invited some people that I thought would, you know, want to be a part of it, want to come alongside of us and just begin to, you know, seek the Lord and pray and and see where he took us, you know. And so we began to meet. And as we began to meet, uh, I can remember it just always was catching my eye and I always just felt led was the empty building in the bargain shoe strip mall. It used to be destination athlete. It was the building on the very end. You probably go up there and hit baseballs or something maybe or go buy stuff for sports or something. I don't know. But, I used to. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, it was Destination Athlete, and they moved to another building. And so, you know, I kept seeing it. I was like, man, this is just be, be a perfect place for a church. And mm-hmm. It wasn't huge. I mean, it's 2,800 square feet, I think. So I didn't need nothing huge because we were meeting in the church building with, I don't know, consistently, I'd say 12, 13 people. You know what I'm saying? So... A lot, of, a lot of them was family too. So, uh, you know, we're just meeting and I'll be honest, I'm not very patient. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I don't know if you struggle. That is something I struggle with. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's tough being patient and waiting on God's timing. And so, you know, uh, during that season, there was a lot of praying, a lot of just asking God what's the next step. And that building just kept coming on my mind and crossing my mind. And so, you know, I'd go and I'd pray and I'd pray over that building. I'd pray around and I'd talk with the owner of it, you know, and uh, it was a big step at that time because I had to. I, I was working with FCA, so as soon as I came back, they kind of fast tracked me. And I, I, my first day back in Gaffney was February twenty seventh of last year, and February fourth I had to go to training for FCA. And FCA, if you ain't familiar with it, we actually have to raise our own salary. They don't just pay you a salary, so I have to go out and actually raise financial support for people to support me. Uh, through my ministry. And so, you know, I had to sit there and raise a full salary, which many people take a year to do. Uh, I told them, I was like, I got to do this in a month. And so literally in a month, I saw God put people together that came alongside of me and support me financially. And in March, I started full-time with FCA. So starting full-time with FCA, starting to meet in the bank building at First Baptist with our church, there was a lot of things going on. But I just began praying and asking God, all right, whatever your will is, you know, just show it to me. And so the building, the Destination Athlete building, a lot of prayer, a lot of talking, conversation. Uh, uh, Something happened to where it was like he came down on the price a little bit on it. And so I was like, okay, maybe this is it. I just wanted a place. I really wanted a building not like for 
to call our church, but just a building that was ours that we could do ministry in, like any time we wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? Not so much as, you know, this time or that time, because like First Baptist, they had church going on on Sunday morning, so I couldn't like use the building on Sunday morning, so we had to meet Sunday evening. So I wanted a place we could meet on Sunday morning. I wanted a place we could do stuff during the week or whatever. So I met with those individuals that had been with me at the beginning and I talked to them about it and I told them about it and I said, this is kind of the direction. This is where we're at. We talked, we prayed and long story short, we made the jump. And so we we got the building, uh, we began to renovate it, we began to do stuff in it and we set our launch date to be uh, July 25th. So it gives you a time frame. We're back in March, March, April, May, June are the months that we're like meeting in the bank building at First Baptist. And so we set our launch date to be July 25th. And it's pretty cool because our theme verse uh, for uh, for Rock Solid Community Church is Matthew 7, 25. And Matthew 7, 25, it says, though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Uh, other translation says because it's founded on the rock. And so, uh, you know, that's our theme verse. The reason for that is is because my heart for a church was not to build some, like, mighty, you know, place where people gather on Sunday. My heart for church was to see people's lives change and see people's homes change. I just believe, obviously, today when you read the Bible, the temple is now the believer. Like, we're the temple if we believe in Jesus Christ. He lives inside of us. And so I believe today the number one place that the enemy wants to try to steal, kill, and destroy is the home. I just believe that. I believe if divorce, um, you know, just whatever he can do, if he can try to destroy it and break down what God has instituted through his word, he wants to do that. And so our heart and our focus is number one, the individual, but number two, the home. Like that's where we want to see God really begin to grow. And so we we set our date for July 25th, which is crazy because when you do the math, that's 725. And that's our scripture verse 725. So we launched on 725 of 2021. And uh, we had a lot of people come. I mean, it was just crazy to see who all showed up that Sunday. And so uh, from there on out, we just, uh, and it's been simple, man. We still don't have a worship team. Like we do YouTube worship. So we play YouTube worship <laughs> on Sunday mornings. We got some people that can, can sing that are musically talented. But uh, I'm just a guy, I don't, I don't force it. Like we're in the process now. Probably here in the next few weeks, we'll get together and we'll meet with some of the people that can sing and just kind of begin to practice and pray through, you know, getting that together. But uh, we've done a lot of things that are just, unnatural as far as planting a church like you got to have this or you got to have that or you got i mean it's it's crazy and so uh yeah you know man um i, I tell people like today where are we at today so 42 weeks uh you know week after week praying circling that building we started out in the building on the very end and now we're in four out of the six buildings in that strip mall so it's it's crazy in 42 weeks to see, you know, what God's done. I, here's the thing, guys. Like, as I tell you this stuff, this is not to toot my horn because I'm very humbly. Uh, it, it, I'm being as humble as I can. It's not because of me. Like, this is not me. I didn't do this. God did this. I'm just, I'm willing to to serve him. But, you know, to see today, you know, being in four different buildings in this strip mall to uh, to see, you know, over $200,000 come through our church in 42 weeks, you know, and just, you know, just, I'm just telling you things. We last, let's see, Easter Sunday, 
we had a good Friday service. We had two services on Sunday. I think it was 560-something people come through. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's supernatural stuff, but I'm the kind of guy, too, that's going to get up there and tell you, number one, I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean, you can ask people, even last Sunday, they're like, hey, man, you really punched us in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? But I, I want to be truthful to people. And also, we really push, and I know there's churches that have home groups, life groups, all these groups, but uh, I'm very big advocate for community groups. That's what we call it, community groups. Because when I read this scripture, when you're seeing the power and all the, the Holy Spirit move and do things, mm-hmm. like it's these believers that are gathering together in homes and you're just seeing you know, the love and the worship and the prayer and the fellowship and the opening of God's word. And like, you know, that that's my heart. And so we've got four, right now we've got four different community groups. And so we've got, uh, I got some great community group leaders, David and Debbie Dorman. They, they lead a group on Tuesday nights at the church. And some of the groups are at the church and they're transitioning at their house. I got a couple groups that are actually transitioning to their house one's actually building a new house and they're living in their grand so it's it's in a transition period but david and debbie dorman on tuesday night brett and carly irvin on wednesday night uh thursday night i've got andrew and jamie lada they're also like uh discipleship coordinators so they help with our discipleship getting people plugged in and all that and then uh sunday night kevin and kathy hammett they actually kevin teaches at blacksburg he's a coach at blacksburg too so and we've got disciples you know they're discipling couples that in the future we could see them leading a group you know what i'm saying so that's kind of where we're at today man it's 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 just one day at a time we we just moved from uh one build, building we did worship in into another building and so I'd, I'd probably say by august um uh we'll probably start doing two services on sunday morning but you know for me it's it's i tell people this on sunday i know i've talked a lot i'm gonna let you guys ask me some questions but uh you know, my thing is, is there's going to be a lot of people that are never going to come to our church, like whether it's Buffalo, whether it's Rock Solid, don't matter where it is. They're not going to come through the doors of the church. We've got to go to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got to go to them. You can't just, you know, expect, uh, oh, man, come see me on Sunday. Like, that's not where it's at. So I'm very intentional about outreach and ministry, evangelism, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, I think by us going to them and having ministries to where we go to them and we're outreaching and doing those things, I think that that's where we're going to actually encounter life change. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen people just by me going to a, a business and giving them biscuits on one morning and saying, hey, guys, we just want to tell you how much we appreciate what you guys do, share a devotional with them, pray with them, and do that. I've seen people wow, come to our church awesome. and get plugged in yeah. just from a biscuit. I might have spent... $40 on biscuits for 50 or 60 people that day and have one person that's now come to the church and plugged in with Jesus, you know, so it's worth that, you know, so um, it's just those little things that help. So, yeah. That's yeah, incredible. I mean, I love, you know, uh, I've known of you for a couple of years, but I've said, you know, you drive by, I'm up that area all the time, you know, at least a couple times a week and every time I drive by and I would notice every time it would get a little bit more, a little bit more, you say God's doing a little bit more. Yeah, man. Right, right. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I think about kind of how in my perception of church it's kind of like a force field that we have to expand personally like we mm. can't we can't keep it up with people that aren't believers to do it themselves yeah we gotta go to them really. that's just yeah, that's that's one thing too. Like so, on Monday nights uh, at our church, you know, especially starting. That's the thing too. When you plant a church, you got to wear a lot of hats, man. You know, it's a lot of people. They say, 
I don't see how you do, you know, FCA, church, you know, family, you know, doing all those things and juggling. It's a lot, you know, it can, it can, it can be a lot, but, you know, it's, it's discipling others and it's delegating well to others too. Like that's, that's the season I'm in now coming to just coming up on a year of FCA about to in July, come up on a year of church, you know, you're in that season now where it's like, Hey, I want to watch others that are actually taking, taking charge and going out and doing things. And so for me as a student pastor for four years, you know, obviously I have a heart for students, you know, I love students and I want to see students, you know, uh, be bold, you know what I'm saying? Like be bold about their faith. And so we do a, a thing and it's, it's been kind of low key to be honest with you. Uh, with so many things I do, it's been a slow process, but it's been cool to see how God's been adding to it. But we do, you know, most churches are going to do student ministry on Wednesday nights. You know, that's, that's your student ministry night. And so in my mind, I just kind of thought, I was like, you know, there's a lot of great churches, a lot of great student ministries in our, in our County. And so, uh, I just said, you know, as a student pastor on Wednesday nights, it's usually a two hour time slot, give or take, you know, and a lot of time it's, you know, you get, you do play, you do have fun, you do play games and you do play basketball and all that. And that's, that's great. That's good stuff. But I was like, you know, I'd like to do a ministry and do it on like another night and encourage students from even students from other churches and student ministries to come to it on a Monday night. And it just be solely geared towards like, pushing them to be greater leaders, to be wow. bold in yeah. their faith and in their walk. So what we did was, is, and we've probably done this for, I don't know, it's probably been doing it for a few months now, but, you know, for me, I opened it up and, you know, it started two or three guys or kids and, you know, we'll have anywhere from 20 to 25 now that are coming and, and it's middle school to high school. And what happens is I'm very time prompt. I'm very like intentional on our time. I do an hour. It's 6.30 to 7.30 PM on Monday night starts at 6.30. I'll have pizza, food, whatever it is. I'll let them eat, talk. And at 6.45, which honestly by 6.42, they're already coming up there to the front. We get up there. We have some opening statements or whatever, this, that, and other. We'll do worship. And then after worship, this past week, we broke up into groups with students. And every week, they have a chapter they're reading. So we, we went through Philippians already. We're going through Ephesians right now. We did Ephesians chapter 4. So I'll tell students, I'll say, hey, guys. Y'all, y'all go this week and you read Ephesians chapter four. I want you to take notes. I want you to highlight. I want you to see what all stands out to you. And then when we get together, I'm pretty much facilitating. I'm not a preaching. I'm, I'm facilitating as students have their Bibles. The craziest thing ever the other week, 23 students there, every single one of them had their Bible. I mean, you don't see that. That's awesome. You know, the fact, and I encourage it. I push it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, if you come and bring your Bible, you know, and I'll get, I get it. Kid forgets his Bible, you know, so I get that. But 23 students brought their Bible. And so I'm letting them like be able to kind of like have this kind of sense of, okay, I can do this. And they're sharing and they'll share a verse. And obviously as a facilitator, there might be, you know, they might think that this means that. And I might have to say, well, that's good. That's a good thought. But Think of it in this sense, you know, and really set that. But watching them do that, watching them share amongst their peers, and they were talking about, you know, hey man, we want to, we want to go out and share the gospel with people and do this. So I'm pushing them, man. We do prayer walk. We go outside the building and we pray walk together and stuff. So it, that's kind of intentionality for like raising up students that are bold, you know. And, and and here's the thing: the students that come that go to other student ministries, my encouragement to them is this. Take this time as an opportunity for you to grow as a leader. So you go into your church on Wednesday nights and you, let's face it, anybody, a bunch of lost kids come into a church on Wednesday nights. You use that time and take what you learned on Monday 
to to lead and to to grow that student ministry, like take ownership of it. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what that is. But yeah, that's awesome. 100%. I think uh, one thing I hear a lot is we can't just uh, be Christian on Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah, and I think a huge problem with that is that students and people really think that it's like they have, they have a different mindset on Sunday and Wednesday. And for me, I have to take that mindset from Sunday and Wednesday and put it every day. That's it. So church needs to be a home for you. And it needs it. to be something that is always inside of you. That you that's really it. feel like you're always at church. That's really it. That's that it's, it's about, and it's, I think the other thing, I think it's surrounding yourself with people. I don't, you know, I feel like there's this thing that we have where, maybe, especially, I think, in younger people, where we have this idea that almost, you know, the right way is to only be friends with Christians, but there's no growth in them. There's no growth for you. There's no growth for that person because that person needs Jesus too and you could be the, you know, the light for them as well. But I think um, definitely just having a couple of people around you about on your age and level that'll just, that'll really, you know, sold out for Christ and just kind of be able to lean on them a lot of times because that's what it needs. I just, but um, yeah, that's what it's all about. Well, you got, well, you got friendship versus fellowship. So look at those two words. Like I'm friends with, a lot of people that are lost. If they die today, they're going to go to hell. I mean, let's let's be honest. I'm friends with a lot of people like that, and those are the people that I want to shine that light to, and I want to show that love of Jesus to, and I want to love them, and I want to be truthful to them. But I have fellowship with those who are like-minded as me, believers. You know, like I don't go to my friends who are lost and ask for marriage advice. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they don't see marriage in the same sense as my Christian friends or my Christian fellow believers see it is. So you, there's that balance. Like, yeah, we've got to go into this school or this lost and dying world or this ministry and be able to be a light in that. But we also need that close inner circle to where it's like, okay, this is my brother in Christ where I know if I say this or if I do this, he's going to say, Daniel, man, you know, I I love you. I saw you say this, and I just want you to really think about what you what you said. Or Camden, you know, man, like, hey, this is something I noticed the other day. Really, really think about this, and and that's essential. Having friends that we Definitely. minister to, but fellow believers that can keep holding us accountable and us growing, you know. Wow. So that's that's amazing. That kind of leads into you know the next question. If you're looking at whether it be you know from the people standpoint, and the you know, or whether it be you know, I guess kind of the Yes, kind of the establishment of a way. What is the biggest issue facing the church right now that we need to mm. get on? Mm. That's a tough one. I, I, I think you say that. I think about Mark chapter seven, and and I want to say this, and I'm gonna say it is you know this this is me. What are you know? I, I, what's the greatest issue? Well, what's the greatest issue facing the church? That's such a a big uh, question that you can ask about that. Um, you know, obviously, we know the church at Rock Salt Community Church or Buffalo, but the church is God's believers, right? His His children. You know, so obviously, um, there's still people that'll come into a church building on Sunday that's not part of the church, right? Like we're gonna have lost people that come, but I just think that uh, I think there's a couple things, but you know, one thing I would say is uh, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier, like this contentment or complacency. It's kind of like we get content with just this. And, and man, I you know, before I read this scripture, speaking on that, I was reading in Acts the other day. And as I was reading about Paul, he, he was he was about to go and, and stand 
trial in Jerusalem to get ready to go to Rome. You know, in Acts chapter 20, he's going through Ephesus. And as he's going through Ephesus, the Ephesian church was some of his closest people that loved him and didn't want to see him go. And, and you know, I was reading it and uh, God, just powerful scripture out of Acts chapter 20. Starts in verse 19. He says, I have done the Lord's work humbly. That's a big thing with church today. We got to be more humble. Like we're we're arrogant, we're prideful, we're self. It, it's, it, we got to be more humble. He says, I've done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. And 24, he says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So that kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm thinking about complacency and contentment. It's like, you know, we get comfortable and we're like, okay, you know, it's good. Like, I really think about it. How many people have I told about Jesus this week? Or how many people have I slowed down and asked, how can I pray for you? You know, I think that's huge that we should, we don't got to get caught up in how many people showed up to church on Sunday, but are we each and every day, like what you were talking about, Sunday, not just Sunday, Wednesday, are we each and every day being like what Romans 12 talks about, a living sacrifice, you know what I'm saying? But this is a big thing to me, and this was what I was going to go to uh, in Mark 7. It, Jesus is talking about like inner purity here, and he's talking about the religious leader to the religious leaders. But it says this in Mark seven: One day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands, as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of the many traditions they have clung to. Now, remember that. That's one of the many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. In verse six says, Jesus replied, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And verse seven says it, here it is. Their worship is, is a farce for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Now, where am I going with that? Like, what do you mean? Like, I think what we've done today, one of the biggest issues is, is we have taught these traditions and these certain ways that we like it. Let me say this preferences we've taught them as being prerequisites oh wow so think about yeah. that like we're trying to say that like this is and I'm, I'm just being honest with you guys and i talk to people like there's and i believe they're brothers in christ i believe they're my brothers in christ but there's individuals that would sit across from me and because this is a new living translation they would say that's not god's word it's not kjv only you know, they, they would say, because holding, you don't wear a suit and preaching a suit on Sunday. That's blasphemy. I can't believe you would, you know, do that. Now, here's the thing, guys. I'm all about, like, guys, like, honoring Jesus. There are certain things, like, we shouldn't, you know, obviously, women dress modestly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, men don't, it's not about being arrogant and, and, and wearing a cutoff t-shirt preaching on Sunday. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this. We take little things like traditions 
and, and like, like let's fight, let, put it like this, like music, okay? You know, thank God, I love some hymns. There's some great hymns out there. I love it, you know what I'm saying? But you got people that say, well, if it's not a hymn, this contemporary worship, it's not, it's not of God. Well, that's a pretty bold statement and brash statement to say. Like we have preferences. Yep. Like it's okay to have preferences. I'll be honest with you. Like I teach and preach out of the New Living Translation. My favorite translation is the New King James Version. I love the New King James Version. But, you know, there's preferences. Obviously, there's boundaries. There's lines. You know, like uh, there's some translations out there that are freaking crazy, messed yeah. up. They're out there and stuff. But, you know, you got to really sit down and say, okay, as a church, as God's body, Am I really saying that this church over here is a heresy or is just some fad because they're doing like they're preaching out the New Living Translation or, you know, they're, they're not, they don't have pews. They've got chairs, you know, or they've got, you know, it, it's silly things, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'll be honest. And so that kind of goes back to the question you asked, like, what's the biggest problem I think that what we've done is is we've allowed. I heard a I heard a pastor put it this way before. There's state boundaries and there's national boundaries. You have state boundaries. Um, you know, like my dad, and you know, there's people that you know more reformed thinking, like reformed theology and yeah. stuff, to where it's like you know you read about you know the the act, the book of Acts, and you see the the miracles, and you see the Holy Spirit, and you see the tongues, and those kind of things. You know they believe that those ceased because those were verification that the Holy Spirit was real and what it was, and those ceased in that day. And there's no, but then you've got you know more people that are Pentecostal or charismatic. Obviously, there's some that are just out on Mars somewhere and have ruined it for everybody because uh, yeah. it's like yeah. they've just put on a show. And but there exactly. are people that stand with like. First Corinthians twelve through fourteen, you know those those chapters of like spiritual gifts, and and, and it's kind of like I can't sit across from a guy that I know loves Jesus with all his heart, and and believes in tongues and does it properly, doesn't babble it with no translator or anything like that, but you know interpreter I should say, but you know there's little things like that that are state boundaries, but then there's national boundaries. Like national boundaries are like okay, there's only one way, right? Like there's one way. Like we can't. I can't compromise with you on that. There's room for compromise and there's room for, no, man, this is God's word. It's clear. It does say this. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a big part of it, but I kind of got to talk in a while on that. No, anyway. that man, that, that hit home with me. That, that really did. You know, that's, you're exactly right. That's something that far too often I feel like it's just, we get so caught up in maybe, you know, the issues that aren't, we get focused on things out here when we really need to be, you know, kind of tunnel vision on getting people to Christ and being the best. Yeah. Be, being what Jesus has called us to be. Well, and I'm very like, I tell people this all the time. Obviously, Jesus Christ changed my life, but God's word, which he is the word. He says he is the word, but God's word has changed me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and from somebody that's got a business degree and never been to seminary and I've got, you know, a two point something GPA from Limestone graduating. I'm not the smartest person in the world. That's what I'm what I'm getting at. I'm definitely far from being a Bruce Price. I can tell you that right now, which he amazes me and, and he's amazing in itself. But you know, like for me, it's like if you if 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 we as Christians would get into this, and I know you can't this is a recording, what I mean by this, God's word. Like if we would just saturate or like spend time in the word of God, it'll change our life. Like it'll convict us It'll guide us. It'll lead us. Like it will change our life. And so I just think that that's 
That's importance. And unity, man, like unification. You know what I'm saying? Like unity in the body. Like I I tell people this, like we talk about KJV only or independent Baptists and Southern Baptists and stuff. Like when you get to talking about KJV only, 1611, these kind of things, I really believe this in my mind. I believe the enemy has said this. I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to use this to drive a wedge in between believers. That's what he does. Like you've got a wedge that, that's driven in between believers instead of being able to come together as one. Like I said this comment the other day to somebody. I made this comment. I said, I said, what if what if we in Cherokee County, now obviously I get there are certain preferences and things, but let's just say we meet everybody. So let's say, what if we as our churches in Cherokee County, biblical churches, I should say, okay, biblical churches, we get together and we say, you know what, guys, we're going to sell all our buildings, every one of our churches and all our buildings, and we're going to buy this big piece of land and we're going to build one big building. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to meet there together as one body each Sunday. Hey, this week, uh, Dr. Bruce, if you'll preach, okay, that'd be good. Hey, this week, Pastor Will Vigera, you'll preach. Uh, Holden, this week, you'll preach. Alternating preaching. And then during the week, we meet in homes, community groups. We're getting together in homes. We're getting together. You know what? This week, man, y'all like hymns? We're going to sing some hymns this week. Okay, you like a little more contemporary? We're going to say, like, what if we did it? People couldn't do it, man. Because guess what? It's like, you know, hey, this is my preference. Hey, I've always sat on this pew and this spot and this way. And it's like, we can't be unified. And that's that's huge because when you read this book, like we were reading in Ephesians 4 with our students. In Ephesians 4, when Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus, you know, you're going to see in verse 4 where he talks about unity. Like unity is huge. And I think like unity in the body of Christ you know, talk. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. In the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. It's unity, man. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like churches around think they have two different Jesus, right? It's yeah, their it's their Jesus. People is this, 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 and they're another thing. But that's awesome. Just. Everybody yeah. coming together to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's to, me, to me, we're having church right now. Oh, I know. I tell, I'm getting something out of it. I tell right. you, yeah, I'm getting I mean, something and out of it. And we're in seats. Mm. We're in a small room. You I see know, it. there's no pulpit. I but see it, there's a Bible right here, and we're learning something, and we're fellowshipping. I don't think you could have made a better point, man. I think that's amazing, you know, because I've been at my church building when there's been like three or four of us guys, and I had uh, my buddy, he plays, uh, his name's Justin Orr. He's the worship leader at uh, North Point. And uh, I've had him come and we've talked and opened God's word and we just talked about different things that God's been putting on our heart. And like, man, he'll play some songs for us. I mean, we just, we're having church. Like, I mean, that's what it is, man. I mean, it, church is not something that just is turned on for two hours on a Sunday, like you said, or like two hours on a Wednesday. It, you know, the church is God's believers that are carrying him throughout a lost and dying world, yeah. you know? So, and gathering together as believers, like, Iron sharpens iron, right? Like, Bible says, like, we're to spur each other on. Like, there's people that encourage me and push me in my walk with Jesus. And so, you know, that's that's, that's important. So. It definitely is. I think another thing is, you know, anytime it's like when you have that kind of thing, so you can really see the difference. Like what you were talking about with the kids, uh, all of them bringing their Bibles and really getting passionate about the world. That's, that's change, and that's change in the community. And, you know, one thing, one thing, uh, um, you know, just like me personally, I kind of had this thing in the last probably two weeks, 
you know, maybe a month or something, maybe even a month where I just felt like God was really trying to do something in my life and really trying to show me something. Yeah. But I really didn't, I, I, I was having trouble letting go and just mm. kind of, okay, God. Yeah. So I think, I think I've got it figured out now in the last week and I think I got it good, mm. but that was a process. And, you know, I think it, I, you know, I was reading, um, I did, you know, I, I, getting back in the world and everything, but definitely I was reading, uh, I love Psalms and Proverbs. Yeah, man. So uh, I was reading uh, Psalms and Proverbs in the uh, Old Testament and Acts in the New Testament. Those were probably my go-tos usually. Yeah. But, you know, when it's talking about um, just like Al Sharpen's Island, sometimes that's what it takes is, you know, it says well, two or three are gathered They're in his name. Yeah. Amongst it. I think that's what it is a lot of times, just leaning on other people. Yeah. And leaning on God ultimately. Because if all, if all three of us are well in here, and we'll kind of, you know, we'll talk to you, I'm talking to you, you're talking to Daniel and everything, and we'll get something out of it. But ultimately, that we're all looking to God. That's it. That's, that's something right there. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the, he, you know, he's the... The, the the change agent and the agent that's brought us together. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's Definitely. he's put us together, and that's where we're, you know, that's what we're united through is him. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit, you're united in the Spirit. I mean, it's one body and one Spirit. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's it. I mean, one thing that I'm thinking about is that impact and Jerusalem project. I see people I've never seen before. And it's, called, it's almost like a fear to talk to them because they're in a completely different church. Mm. And it's just weird. But if we can all come together and be at one community and worship at the same time, mm. it is, it's amazing to see it, what man. pastors do yeah. and how the Lord really works at that moment. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's got to get to the, the word that people don't want to hear is submission. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like submission, like, okay, hey, all right, Lord, I'm done. I'm tapping out. It ain't about me. It's you. You know, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk with you. And so, you know, that's something that's got to happen in our life is that, you know, because let's face it, man. I mean, Paul talks about we battle our flesh daily. Like, our flesh each and every day is trying to, you know, wage war upon our spirit. And, you know, like, we've got we to gotta starve our flesh and feed our spirit that's what we got to do and so you know in order to overcome the flesh if i'm not feeding my spirit with god's word or meditating on his scripture or praying or spending time or like we're talking about sitting down with other believers and being held accountable and being you know pushed on and spurred on if i'm not doing that then you know there's going to be a lot of gaps and areas that i'm not closing that the enemy's going to make his way into you know definitely holding uh one thing you know it's just us as individuals, we always like to uh, ask your guests this, and definitely you coming from a pastor and, you know, in student ministry. Yeah. What would be your advice for us, whether it be as individuals, whether it be, you know, with what we're doing with the podcast, whether it be just, you know, how we're living our lives? Can you just give us some advice on... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, spur of the moment, just kind of without hesitation of of trying to think about it. I think it's very... I'll be honest. I think with what I was reading this morning, you know, it, it kind of goes hand in hand um the word so every day i got a i got a little notebook and every day i write in it and i'll sit there and you know whatever things i need to write i write in it but uh when i spend time in the word i'll write things down and my word for today was abide abide and you know what does the word abide mean what it means remain like remain so basically you're, you're not moving you're not leaving 
you're not, you know, vacating a place, like you're going to remain and you're going to stay there in that place. And so the word, you know, when I hear that word abide or remain, it comes from, for, for me, it comes from uh, John 15. I mean, because in John 15, and y'all probably read it, you've heard it, you know, you got the vine and the branches, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he talks about, you know, I'm the vine, you are the branches, you know, abide in me. And so I was just looking back over that today and uh, he met, he mentions that word abide or either remain, depending on the translation and stuff. But, you know, there were some things I wrote down, like press into God's presence a little further. You know, like it just, I guess basically if I could give any kind of advice to someone that is trying to grow in a walk with Jesus or trying to keep following Jesus, just based on what I've read this morning from the word of God, is just remain, you know, like, it's like that scripture, Matthew 7, 25, like the floods are going to come, the wind's going to blow, you know, the rain's going to fall. It's going to beat on you. Like it says, it beats on the house. I mean, as a house, as a temple of God, you know, the, the world is painful. Like it's going to beat us. That's why I told people like, you know, for us, me and my wife, two weeks ago, probably one of the hardest experiences of our life was burying my daughter. You know, we had a, we had a fourth kid on the way. So she was... 17 weeks pregnant and we went and found out that her heart had stopped beating so she had to give birth to her which was painful in itself but you know i tell people that even through that pain god's got a purpose you know and so um you know it's not when things are all great and good i don't read this bible and it doesn't teach me that by following jesus hey everything's perfect everything's great like i don't have to worry about this there's nothing but prosperity if I follow Jesus. That's not the case. Like there's a lot of pain. And so, you know, thinking about the and pruning, you know, like when we're reading in John 15, like you're reading this and it's talking about the vine and the branches. You know, he says, Jesus is saying these words, I'm the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Basically, if you're saying you're of Christ and you, you, you belong to him, you should bear fruit. And he says, I cut it off if it doesn't produce fruit. And then he says, he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce more. So like it's being able to understand that I'm going to remain solid in him even through the pruning process. Because I believe with all my heart, I, I told people like I, on Good Friday, you know, I preached my daughter's memorial service at the cemetery. And then that night we had a good Friday service at church and, you know, people, and then we had two wow. Easter services. Like, how do you do that? Well, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's nothing more for me than Jesus. I mean, that's all I can say because, you know, my thought is this, that if there's anybody who can relate or who can understand or who can sympathize with me is God, because he sent his son, Jesus to die for awful, sinful people like me, like awful, sinful people like me. And he sent him to take that cup of suffering and have it dumped all on him, you know, so that I could be set free. And so, you know, for me, it's just being able to remain or abide connected to him, like no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation. I, I think that's what God's showing me more and more and more and more each and every day. Like there's going to be this circumstance. There's going to be this situation. You're going to feel like that's like with planting a church, man, there's moments where it's just like, gosh, it, it couldn't get any better. And then boom, it's like, oh my goodness, are we really here now? Like something happens and it's like, you know, but it's just like he teaches, like remain in me. He says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Like you can't do it. Like if you're, how do I keep, pushing? How do I keep growing? How do I keep going? Like 
Well, he tells me right here that if I'm not connected to him and I'm not bearing fruit and I'm not being willing to be pruned, then guess what? I can't do anything. Like I can't do nothing. And then he says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. So, you know, I, I just want to keep producing. I want to keep being, remaining in him, being connected to him. And this one verse, I don't, I, this morning, I've read this so many times and I just read it again, like picking back up on it in John 15, 11, He says this, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And that just stuck with me because, you know, Paul talks about in a prison in Philippians of joy yeah. and how he has that joy. And I tell people all the time, you know, happiness to me is a word that comes from the world. Like we can find happiness in the world, but it's temporary because like happiness comes and goes. But like joy is not based on external situation or circumstances. It's based on an internal presence Amen. that can only come from Jesus That's Christ. Right. And so right. I would just say that, you know, remaining in him, abiding in him, growing in him, being willing being willing to be pruned by him, and then just consistently trusting in him to have that joy. That's what I would say. So That's it, man. Wow. That's great. That wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. That's, that's just kind of what he put on my heart exactly, for, for right man. now. So That is it. That is it. Daniel, yeah. what, what do you got to say about that? That's pretty um, awesome. Man, you're a Christ-filled person. That Wow. I, that's, you'll have to speechless there. It's, yeah. It's I tell you what, God yeah. is doing a walk with you, man, and I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the church. And uh, I'm definitely, especially with the summer, Coming up on us, I'm gonna try to, uh, especially you said yeah. Monday nights. Yeah, man, yeah, Monday man, nights. Uh, so I actually got some, I got some uh, students from Blacksburg. They come and uh, hey, some students from some different churches, some students from our church. I mean, yeah, we get together, man. It's it's an hour. It's not like you know, drug out. We're pretty intentional with it, and uh, yeah. So any any student from sixth to twelfth grade that wants to come, you know, if it if it gets to a point where it is grown and gotten really bigger then my my next heart would be to keep it you know like what we're doing but maybe do middle school and high school kind of separate it and then have nights where we come together too you know what i'm saying because yeah. you know there's different you know parts and times of life that middle school goes through versus high school but uh yeah man on monday nights we do it at 6 30 at rocks hall community church so yeah definitely any, i'd love to come yeah but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys, I'll tell you this, just to close out, man, y'all y'all inspire me. I mean, I think wow. it's awesome to be able to see you guys' heart to, you know, take a passion about talking about Jesus and getting to know people and having conversations with people. Uh, this is uh, this is huge, man, because, you know, I can sit around with you guys and I know that y'all are young, young individuals that, you know, you have a lot of things you're going through and you deal with, but, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to let Jesus Christ be the catalyst in your life to guide you and use you for his glory. And so, man, this has been a, an honor for me to come jump on this podcast with you guys and talk with you guys and get to share my heart and get to see y'all's heart too. Cause, um, God's going to keep using you, man. Just keep, keep following along with him. Keep your eyes on him. Don't take your eyes off him and, and he'll keep using you guys in great ways for his glory. So definitely. Thank, yep. you. thank you, Holden. We yep, appreciate you. For sure. All right. Well, thank you for listening today and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks to Holden. We'll see you next week.